be with you again here, streaming live on this Easter Sunday morning from the lifeboat. Thank you for tuning in, and I trust the Lord will minister to you this morning. To all of you who usually join with us here and everybody else, we really appreciate your prayers uh, in these days. I was thinking this morning for the 32 years that we've been here, and I have according to my records preached every Easter morning, and so I'm glad to be able to do that again this morning. And we trust that someday soon uh, we shall be able to congregate together here. Uh, you may not believe this, but uh, I do miss you, and I trust that uh, we will keep praying uh, for, for one another. And so remember, please, what we were uh, reminding you of in the early days of this uh, virus. Remember that we need to pray, keep praying, and uh, keep the family altar going, and keep your personal praying going, and pray for the doctors and pray for the nurses, pray for the staff and the cares. And we have nurses and cares both from this assembly, and they need. Your, your prayers very much. Pray for mothers that are trying to cope with children off school and in small confined places. Pray for fathers that have uh, no work to go to and pray just for everything that you see does need to pray for and seek the Lord for. And it's a good time to come aside in your home and to <clears throat> keep praying and seeking the Lord. And then remember the practical uh, end of this as well. Uh, I'm hearing some that have spent days and days and have had no contacts from anybody in their home. Now this shouldn't be. And we ask you please lift your phone, send a text, send an email, write a letter, shout through the window, do something. Think of the people in the congregation, think of the elderly and uh, do your best in time and keep in touch with them. There's a lot of people out there this morning and they're they're scared and they're fearful and quite rightly so and so we need to come around and support one another and thirdly proclaim keep proclaiming this is a great day for glad tidings of the gospel of our lord jesus christ pray for robert and pray for stephen and pray for myself here who brings the word of god and for others and many who send messages out across the airwaves. Now Stephen will be doing the next two Thursday nights at 8 o'clock and I will be on during the week uh, a number of times bringing messages, perhaps prophetical messages from the Word of God. So thank you so much. So let us bow in a word of prayer together please. Father, we bow humbly and reverently and gratefully in thy presence, Lord, this Easter morning. And we've been thinking about the words, Lord, of uh, Peter in his Pentecostal sermon, when he says, God, whom God raised up from the dead, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he could be held. And I want to praise you this morning, Father, that the, the bat of the Lord, the spat on him, the crucified him, the nailed him, and the hung him on that old cross, but we bless thee that he rose again on the third day. And we bless thee that it was not possible to be, that he could be held, 
The stone couldn't hold them. The soldiers couldn't hold them. The sea couldn't hold them. All the sin of the world couldn't hold them. And we bless thee that he rose triumphantly over the grave. And we bless thee for the encounters, Lord, on that day that he had with others. We thank you that Mary saw him and Peter saw him. And the two on the road to Emmaus saw him. And we pray to you, Father, that he came into them, uh, into the upper room, Lord, and he said to his disciples, My peace I, I leave with you. Peace be still. And oh God, we pray that you'll speak peace this morning into hearts and lives, Lord. Speak peace into the elderly. Speak peace into mothers. Speak peace into our souls this morning. Oh God, for you, the Lord God, that can give peace. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. And so, Lord, we thank you that, oh God, there's a world out there confused and restless like the troubled sea this morning. But, oh God, us thy people, we praise you that he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Lord, we thank thee, our God, for the word of God this morning. We thank you that many things are bound, but the word of God is not bound. We thank you that the spirit is not bound. We thank you that love is not bound. We thank you that grace is not bound. We thank you that mercy is not bound. We thank you that peace is not bound. Oh, we praise you, Lord, our God, for the liberty and the freedom that we have this morning. And we rejoice and we exalt the blessed name of the risen, exalted Savior this morning. Father, we pray for the doctors and we pray for the nurses. We pray for the cares, we pray for the politicians, we pray for the scientists, we pray for all, Lord, that are at the cold face and fighting this awful virus. And we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will have your way through this, Lord. We think of the elderly in the home, in the nursing homes, Lord. We think of the elderly belonging to families in this church. We pray for Mrs. Armstrong this morning, Mrs. Francis this morning. Pray for David's brother this morning, and many more, Lord, oh God, that need the touch of God. We pray for the bereaved this morning. We pray for those, Lord, that are, oh God, resting at this moment with this, with this disease, Father. No, God, we just ask, Lord, we believe that out of this, that thou art going to come, and thou art going to reign righteousness, and thou art going to do a new thing. And so we pray now, Father, we pray, Lord God, that you'll bless your word as we read it, as we preach it this morning, and the authority of God be upon us, Lord. May it come to the hearts like a sword, into our hearts. May we be comforted, may we be refreshed, may we be revitalized this morning. Lord, we're looking to thee, our God, to come, Lord, gather as we gather, Lord, in our different homes and different places to hear the word of the living God. Praise you this morning. Thank you for the health that we have and the strength that we have. Thank you, Lord, to God that you have kept us safe from this virus so far. We believe, Lord, that you're not, none in our family will be touched, none in the church family will be touched. We believe, Lord, that the hand of the Lord is upon us and the blood of Jesus is upon us. And we praise you for the risen, exalted Jesus this morning in the midst of death there's life and hope and liberty and victory and power and may it be our portion this morning for we ask it in the Saviour's name and for us say Amen and Amen and Amen. We're turning to the Word of God this morning and we're not going to the resurrection passages and uh, we're turning to another resurrection passage away in, uh, in Philippians chapter 3. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi and the chapter 3 and we're reading from verses 7 to verse 14. If you haven't your Bible just listen and maybe later on you can uh, revisit this and uh, read the scriptures and study them for yourself. But we're reading at the moment from Philippians chapter 3 and from the verse uh, 
7. The Apostle Paul writes these words and he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on, and reaching on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ, I press towards that mark. Let us therefore, as many not be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Down to the end of verse 15 it is, and we know that the Lord will bless to us the reading of his word. Now the text which I want to call your attention to this Easter morning, is found in this 10th verse of the 3rd chapter of the Apostle Paul to the Philippian church. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Now there are three things that stream forth from this prison text. And do you remember that Paul when he uh, penned this letter he was in prison many things. He was chained to Roman soldiers and he was awaiting the executioner uh, a soldier from Nero to come and take his life. So I want you to look very carefully at this prison text this morning on the eve of the great apostle's death. And the first thing that we see in this text is the person in the text. The person in the text. He says that I may know him. This is a, a personal text. This is not a direction or a command or a demand from Paul to the Christian church at Philippi. He's not speaking to them, nor is he speaking to you and me this morning. We have to speak for ourselves, and we must answer for ourselves when it comes to how much of Christ we have, how much of Christ we want, how deep we want to go with him, how serious we are to follow him, how, how, how much we want to know him and serve him and love him. And if you're content this morning with how you are in your Christian life, then I have nothing more to say to you. And I just sit, just sit back and let the Lord speak to you who's not content, who's not happy, who's not uh, in the place where they want to be for God. And as any of us this morning, if we're honest, do we not all want more? So this Paul's talking about personally, he says, he says that I, 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 so let us personalise it to ourselves this morning. Now the first thing we need to do with this here is to eliminate the things that Paul's not talking about knowing. You see, he's a lot of things that he's not talking about knowing here. And most certainly, he's not talking about, about knowing Jesus, knowing Christ in an evangelical sense. 
Well, 30 years has passed now since he encountered the Lord on the Damascus Road. Since that, he, he has wrote a dozen epistles of old. He has saw many churches established. He has saw hundreds saved and baptized. And writing to Timothy, he could say, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So we never doubted his salvation. I tell you, that's a good anchor to be on this morning, the anchor of assurance. And Paul was anchored solid on, on the solid rock of assurance. He never doubted. No, it's not. He's not talking about evangelical. He's not talking about having known Christ more as far as the gospel in his own heart and evangelical is concerned. Secondly, and he's not asking to know him theologically. You know that Oxford University some years ago, they done a study on Paul and they concluded that he probably was the greatest intellect and theologian that ever lived. You see, his life was grounded and nurtured in the Mosaic Law. He was brought up under the feet of the great Gamaliel. He knew 619 prohibitions of the Jewish Torah word for word. He debated and he reasoned and he, 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 he discussed with the great philosophers and intellectuals and thinkers of his day. He was a mighty man theologically. His request is not to know theology. theology. His, his, his request is not an educational knowledge. No, no. It was not that evangelical knowledge. He was wanting to know, not theological knowledge. That he wanted. And it was not doctrinal knowledge that he was after. You see, epistle after epistle, he sets out the great fundamentals of the faith, the great doctrines of, of Christ, the doctrine of justification, sanctification, redemption, substitution, atonement. Uh, the epistles are full of them. And when he talks about the resurrection, knowing the resurrection, he's not talking about knowing about the resurrection of Christ that we were celebrating here this morning. Read the great first Corinthian chapter, and it's the greatest treatment of the risen Christ ever in the Word of God and indeed outside it. So he's not talking about knowing anything about the resurrection. And furthermore, he's not talking about knowing about the resurrection of himself and of us when we die. Because we have scripture after scripture where he where he speaks about us being dead. Remember that great one in First Thessalonians, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, and we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Colossians and, Colossians and Ephesians, he, he talks about being risen with Christ. So he's not talking about that. So let's get this cleared out this morning. Let's eliminate these things so that we really be able to get to see what he's saying in his dying hours in this prison cell. It's not evangelical. It's not theological. It's not doctrinal. And it's not eschatological. He's not, he's, not, he's not wanting to know about the end times. He's not wanting to know about what's going to happen when he dies. He tells us about that. He tells us about the rapture. He tells us about revelation and the rewards. He speaks to us about the Antichrist and tribulation. He tells us that perilous times will come. So my friend, this, this, this is a personal, there's a personal knowledge for something else here. There's a personal experience. But notice on this fact, there's a powerful experience. Do you know what he's after? He's after resurrection power. Resurrection power. He, want, he wants this power of the resurrection in his heart and in his life. That's what he's after. He's after that mighty power of God coming upon him, even where he is at that moment. And whatever days and hours he has to live, he wants more. He wants more. He wants more of Christ. My friend, that's it. 
He wants more of Christ. You know that the only place that this Greek word is used here is the Greek word used here for resurrection. It means to come out of death and stand up face to face before someone. The best word to describe this would be intimacy. An intimacy, a relationship with a man and his wife. An immersion where the two come into one at marriage. An intimation into one, in, in, in together. An intimate relationship together. You know that it's the same word used in Luke 16 and verse 15 when the Lord said to the Pharisees. Listen to what the Lord said to the Pharisees in that verse. God knows your hearts. It's getting into the very heart and the very soul of someone. The Lord Jesus himself used the same word in John 10. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. Oh, what he's talking about here is a deeper knowledge, a clear understanding. A closer communion, an intimate relationship with God, with the Lord. He wants more. He wants more of Jesus. My friend, maybe he had already experienced something of resurrecting power. He had already experienced it. Remember it through us. Remember the night that he preached that uh, you take a spell out of the window and Paul lay across him and, and he came to life. He saw, he saw him rising from the dead. He saw death, this man rose out of death. He knew something of resurrection power. He knew something of protecting power. Remember the storm and the Adriatic, the 14 days and nights? There was no sun, there was no moon, there was no star. And the angel of the Lord came to come and fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. All he knew down through his life's ministry, something of the protecting power. And he knew something of the transforming power of God. He saw thousands saved. And thousands are still being saved by the words of the Apostle Paul. And hundreds maybe today, maybe thousands today, will be saved to the teachings of Paul. And his reward, his waiting, that's why the rewards are not given out to the end. Hallelujah. So he saw all those things. He knew all those things. He was in the, and he saw delivering power. He could say in 2 Corinthians, he has delivered, he is delivered, and he yet delivered. Oh, he had no doubt about those things at all, my friend. But he's still not content. He's still not satisfied. Listen to him in this chapter. Read through this chapter. Listen to him. Listen to what he said. Oh, oh, that I might know him. Oh, that I might win him. Oh, that I might apprehend him. Oh, no. oh that I might be found in him. Found in him, my friend, that's a good place to be in these days, to be found in him, in him. And I tell you, the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it, and we're saying, I trust that you're in it this morning. I think that the Lord was meditating and knew, knew the words of our Lord Jesus in that beatitude, and he says, He that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. He's hungry, he's thirsty, he is tasting, and he wants more. And he wants, and so die this morning. Do you want more this morning? Oh, my friend, oh, let, let me speak to you, sinner, this morning. Let me, let me speak to you in these days, oh, from the very depth of my heart. Do you know anything about what it is to hunger and thirst after God? There's, there's a lot of hunger put, put into your soul in these days when you hear of a thousand dying every day. When you hear the ambulances and the sirens and the police drawing people to die where they die. When you see them digging mass graves in, in New York to bury people and even children as young as seven. 
When you see the streets empty and the shops and the restaurants and the pubs um, all barred up, do you not stop to think what's going on? Do you not stop to think about your soul? Do you not stop to think if you catch this virus, where are you going to be? Where are you going to spend eternity? Are you not, are you, where are you this morning? Are you not seeking God? Have you not a desire for God? Have you not a desire for the gospel this morning? And backslider, what about you? What about you in this Easter morning? Have you, is your thirst and hunger, is all gone? You used to be thirsty, you used to be hungry, you used to love the place of God, you used to love the prayer meeting, you used to love to it, but now you're cold and dead this morning and you're as far away from the God as I'm as, as far away from the moon this morning. And I say to you with all my heart, come back, rise up, rise up like the prodigal, flee from the swing towers, come back to the Father's house, he loves you with all his heart, there's bread and despair. Oh, I pray that that thirst and that hunger will come into your soul. What about you, saved of God? What about you, believer and Christian? Can you say like Paul, I count all these things done that I am in Christ? The houses, the cars, the farms, the money, the job, all done, all refuge, that I, that I might win him, that I might know him more, that I might know him better, that I might serve out my last days living for Jesus. Oh, may that be the cry and the desire of our heart. Can I say to you, let these days, let these days of, 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 of being isolated, let these days of isolation be days of examination, be days of introspection, the days when we search our hearts and look around us and look back and see how we were and where we were. May we take stock. I believe that things will never be the same again after this. God has closed us up in our homes, closed us in with our families to take stock, to look around us. My friend, he's preparing. If you're not saved, and you're going to hear this during the week, if you're not saved this morning, God wants to speak to you. He, he, he's crying to you to come to Christ because he's, going to, he's only showing us now this is a wee taste of what's going to come when the tribulation comes and when the church goes and when all hell breaks loose and when Andy Price puts the mark 666, my friend is going to be all, it's going to be terrible. He's shutting you in with your wee family. Pray for your wee family. Pray together. Get ready to God. Cry to God. Get right because some of these days he's burst the clouds and he's going to take it. Oh, it's the mercy of God. It's the grace of God that has given us an opportunity he made us well, came on the 1st of January, put the church out and left you forever, but he didn't. He's full of grace, he's full of mercy, and he's full of love. Flee to the cross, I say to you today. Uh, let me say now, just as we come to a close this morning, what does this resurrection power do for us? This resurrection power. Well, let me give you a couple of things that it does. This resurrection power is a keeping power. And Peter says, I'm kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. Listen to what Peter says. We have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us, kept by the power of God until the Saviour be revealed. Kept by the power of God. We have that uh, inheritance in heaven and we're kept for it. There's no use in having an inheritance if you weren't going to be kept for it, if you weren't going to get it. But we're kept for it and we're going there. Glory to God. We're going there. The Saviour's going to be revealed at any moment and we're going to go to that inheritance and we're going to be kept until we get there. Hallelujah. Glory to His name. Kept by the power. 
Yeah, what does it keep us from? What does the power, resurrection power in our lives as Christians keep us from? Well, it keeps us from sinning. Hallelujah. And it should. <laughs> and it keeps us from lying and stealing and lusting. Keeps us from quarreling. Keeps us from envy. Keeps us from pride. Keeps us sane. Keeps us sensible in these wild and wicked days in which we live. It keeps us strong. But you know the power, this resurrection power, not only keeps us from, it keeps us in. Keeps us in the storms. <laughs> it keeps us in the trials. It keeps us in the fears. It keep, keeps us in the pandemics. It keeps us in the pain and the suffering. It keeps us in, in, in our wee homes and our apartments where we, where we can't get out. So, believer, listen, that peace of God will keep us. It keeps us from. It keeps us. It will keep us also too. Keeps us, the power of God keeps us from, it keeps us in, and it keeps us too. The river rolls its waters at our feet, and then we'll be safely drawn over. And our loved ones, we shall be. It will keep us, He will keep us until we get to the pearly gate. He will keep us to see the loved ones, He will keep us to see the face of Jesus. Oh, what a, what a sight that will be. Oh, blessed resurrection power that's keeping me and blessing me and bringing me to that day when there will be no more sickness and no more sin, no more sorrows and no more trials, no more pandemics and no more viruses, no more fears and no more lies. We shall be forever with the Lord. That's the resurrection power that I have that keeps me. It's a keeping power. Hallelujah. But let me say another thing. This power that Paul's talking about, this resurrecting power, is a standing power. Paul says in Ephesians 6, Put on the whole armour of God, and having done all to stand in the power of his might, or in his mighty power. Hallelujah. We have power to stand this morning. Stand, man. Stand. Put on the whole armour of God. We're going to stand and fight and fight against the powers of darkness and demons and hell. It is the power of the wives of the devil and the wicked works of Satan. We have the power, there's power in the blood. Hallelujah, power in the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God this morning. Power to stand. And having done all to stand, 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 let us stand and be faithful in these last days. It has a keeping power. It has a standing power. It has a declaring power. Listen to what Micah chapter 3 says. Oh, this is a wonderful text of the Old Testament. Now, know the Holy Spirit's power is not just due to the start of the Pentecost. Listen to this, uh, Micah 3. Truly, he says, truly, truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of God and judgment and might to declare unto Jacob his transgressions, transgressions and Israel their sins. There's a declaring power. He says, I am full of power and full of the Spirit. Are you filled with the Spirit, believer, this morning? Get on your knees and cry to God and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, not just enough to be saved. You need to be filled. You need to be anointed. You need a fresh filling every day and every hour. Oh, I say to you, get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's resurrection power. That's resurrection power. That's why he died and rose again, that he might fill us with that power, that keeping power, that standing power, that declaring power, and that abounding power. Listen to what he says. Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same 
powerless that goes to work through me and through you this morning. Oh, my friend, are we living away down in the low level? Let us rise up this morning. Let us claim the victory this morning. Let us say like the Apostle Paul that I, I need know him and the power of his resurrection. But there's something else. Oh, my heart's full this morning as the Lord gave me this message. He says there's a keeping power. Where you have a keeping power, you have a standing power, you have a declaring power, you have an abounding power, and there's a reviving power. Listen to Psalm 110. And the Lord shall send the rod. And when you get the rod in that context time and time again, it speaks of the Holy Spirit. He shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. And my friend, when the Holy Ghost comes out from God, and not from men, it will come out from God, out of Zion, thy people shall be, what? Willing in the day of thy power. Listen, this may be a day of threshing down, it may be a day of controversy, it may be a day of darkness and gloominess as the word of God said, but listen my friend it can be, it's going to be a day of power I believe that there's power coming I believe that Holy Ghost power is coming I believe that revival is coming I believe, I believe that the Lord's going to pour out the spirit of repentance upon men and women I believe he has closed it in for that moment all this, these are unique days these are unprecedented days surely they are, surely they are these are days when the power of the Lord can work. Oh God, these are the days of Joel when he says the Spirit of the Lord will pour report out on all flesh. Oh, we're going to see a move. We're going to see a work. We're going to see God moving through this. I believe it with all my heart, with all my soul this morning. Listen, listen. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? In the day of the power, oh, I trust that you'll be willing. Now we're, we're, we're having time to deal with the rest of the text this morning. Uh, there's the person in the text, I. There's a power in the text. And then there's the pain in the text. He says, be it conformable unto his death. What's he saying here? Well, he says, I want to I want to die with him. If I have to die with him, I want to die with him. And oh, my friend, let me say, Paul didn't care whether he lived or whether he died. But he wanted to be conformed. He wanted to be like Christ. He wanted, he wanted to be like him every day. He wanted to die with every week. He wanted to die for the gospel. He could say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live with the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. I want to be conformed into everything Christ was I want to be. And everything Christ did I want to do. I want to die like him. I want to die for him. I don't mind if it's on the cross. And he's going to be beheaded anyway in a week or two's time. They're going to take his head off. And he's going to die and go into the glory. Hallelujah. And into the presence of the king. Praise his name. That I may know him. And he'll know him fully then. And we shall know him fully then. We only look to at last darkly. But then face to face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So take comfort. Man, it's great to be saved this morning. It's great to have Christ this morning. It's great to have the Holy Spirit this morning. It's great, Lord, to know where we're going this morning. Oh, sinner. Oh, sinner. Oh, backslider. Oh, sin. Rise up. Rise up and claim this text. Turn this text that I may know him. And the power, the power of his resurrection, that mighty power, that keeping power, that standing power, that declaring power, that abounding power, that reviving power, that I may know him. And may God bless you and help you in these days. But we ask it in the Saviour's name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for the risen, exalted, glorified Jesus. 
We thank you again, Father, our God, that he ever saved the wretch like me and he ever saved sinners like us. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the Spirit of God. We thank you for the great Apostle Paul. Oh, God, there. He wasn't, Lord, winching and crying in the prison, Lord, as he was ready to go out to die. Chained with soldiers, abused and laughed at and mocked at, Lord. But we praise you. And that epistle, Lord, he, he, he speaks in the joy and rejoice again. I say rejoice. Lord, we rejoice this morning. We rejoice and we do. And Lord, we count all these things with nothing. But we look around the world this morning. Oh, God, I've had all the things that they fought for, all the things that they bought, and all the things that they lied for and stole for. Lord, it's all nothing this morning. It's over to God. And we thank you that oh, when everything else is gone, we have Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We ask, Lord, you'll bless our dear people. We pray that you'll bless the elderly. We pray that you'll bless, Lord, the, the, the children. We pray that you'll come and touch them. Touch, touch, touch us, Lord. We pray for the, the wee ones and the wounds of mothers from this church. We pray that you'll touch them. You'll bless them, Lord. We pray that you'll give them victory and power and remove the fear, Lord, the fear that comes from the devil and we rebuke, we rebuke the spirit of fear. We bind bind the spirit of fear this morning. We bind the spirit of fear over the children. We bind the spirit of fear over the mother. We bind the spirit of fear. We stand and have done all to stand and drive back the powers of darkness for this great day that's coming upon our land. Accept our thanks. We praise you in the precious, lovely, wonderful, all-adorable, all-prevailing name of our Saviour and for his sake. Amen. And amen. And amen.